there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Uh, hello there. Hello there, how's it going? Very good, thank you, yourself. Yeah, not too bad. If uh, if I find myself coughing and spluttering my way through this episode, I think and I hope that it's hay fever and not coronavirus. But Oof. I guess I guess I can't be too certain in these uncertain times. No, not these days. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, other than that, it's been all right. It's been it's been a, a rather depressing week for anyone who pays attention to the news, I guess. So hoping that we can uh, uh, lift the mood somewhat for whoever ends up listening to this shambles as we <laughs> <laughs> as we do our weekly uh, discussion about the world of theme parks, which of course is the most important matter to us all. Uh, even yeah, the only important thing. Even during moments of crisis, yes, indeed. Having said that, I regret to inform everyone that I'm going to need to start the show with a correction. Oh, zing. I know. It's the most shameful thing a journalist can have to do, is issue a correction, but here I am. Um, yes, last week we were talking about uh, the reopening plans for Universal Studios Orlando. Uh, the Th- whole... That we were. We were indeed, yes. And we were talking about the potential for uh, an expansion of the uh, express part of virtual queue system, uh, roll- rolling it out to more rides. And I, th- I believe, I don't know who it was. I mean, it can't have been me because I'm always right. So I'm putting this on you, Josh. <laughs> Somebody said that the virtual line experience was already in place on the Hagrid... Magical creatures, turny, wurny, windy, roundy bike track ride experience starring yeah. some wizards. Well, Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Um, I did say that. I remember saying that specifically, so you can put this on me anyway. Well, you were um, wrong, it was, Josh. It, it was definitely in place when it first opened, um, but obviously that is no longer the case. Well, we, we, we had a tweet, and I thank uh, John Self uh Pastor John Self, according to his uh, Twitter handle. I'm assuming that's correct. Uh, I mean, no one ever lies on Twitter, so it must be true. <laughs> he says, uh, I- I'm sure people have told you this already. Uh, they hadn't. <laughs> but uh, now it took me about, it took me longer than it should have to work out what this uh, acronym was H M C M A. But I, I'm, I am guessing that that is Hagrid, Hagrid's motorbike. No, wait. I think he's got it wrong as well. HMCMA. Maybe he's not talking about Hagrid. I'm pretty sure that's Hagrid. Right? Uh, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Oh, no, that would be right then. HMCMA. Yeah. I mean, it's, when you write it out like that, it sounds like a bang. <laughs> but... Uh, Okay, yes, that sounds correct then. Um, yes, uh, John, uh, who it's worth noting, uh, has tweeted us before about uh, getting things wrong. <laughs> he says, uh, it never had a virtual queue. Universal Orlando said they were going to institute it, but never did, much to frustration uh-huh. of veteran guests. I assume uh-huh, that's, that's guests, wrong. guests that have been to the parks a lot and not guests who <laughs> used to be in the army. Yes. Um, thanks, thanks, John. Um, you know, we are we are sometimes incorrect, and it's good to be held accountable for that. It's true. 
Uh, one could argue um, that I, I we, mean... as theme park podcast hosts, uh, based on that uh, intervention there, are being held to account uh, more effectively than the government. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got some feedback, Josh. We acted on it immediately. We've uh, we've made clear that we made a mistake. We've corrected ourselves and moved on. Uh, yeah, and we apologise. And we apologised. That's the way you do it. If you're listening out yep. there, government, <laughs> they're, all, they're always listening, aren't they? Yeah, always. So uh, in yes. the phones, man. Indeed, they're in the phones. They're in. They're in this Discord somehow. Oh. They're undercover on Discord. But uh, yes, uh, uh, yeah, with all sincerity, I, I know it always sounds like I'm ninety uh, percent of the way to taking the piss every time I speak. But <laughs> with all sincerity, thanks very much for pointing out the correction, John. Uh, you can, of course, it's a good time as any to say that uh, John tweeted us, and you can too. It's at Park Crush Podcast, and our email inbox remains open, albeit at the moment only, I think, to emails from Google and SoundCloud. Uh, but that is podcast at parkrush.com. <laughs> Uh, but we move on yeah. because it's another, been another busy week of theme park news, and uh, as I say every week, it seems mad that there, there there ever is much theme park news at a time when most theme parks are shut. Yeah. Some in Europe have reopened now. Josh, Europa Park is uh, as of recording, I think reopened yesterday, which is exciting for the. Uh, and from what I know, a fairly successful uh, reopening. Oh, have you? It's good to see. Have you done some reading? I've done just like some people on Twitter and that sort of thing, and uh, yeah, it seemed like it went relatively smoothly. What, what are the things considered? Uh, just that they thought it went well, all things considered, and that um, yeah, they've done a good job. Fair enough. Nothing, nothing particularly more that I read other than that. Um, I didn't, I didn't delve in as deep as I probably should have done, but. Yes. Uh, well, people have been, uh, you know, the world is rather looking to Germany on a few fronts, aren't they, really? I suppose uh, with with football coming back in, in Europe uh, and, you know... That's do- probably the most bizarre thing I've what, ever, like, witnessed. What, what What is? The Bundesliga return. Oh, right. Yes, I... You've got people playing football, which is a contact sport, where defenders are hugging strikers at corners... But then if that striker was then to score a goal, he can't then celebrate because he has to maintain social distancing. Right. I, yeah. um, and then you've got, like, I can't remember what team it is now. It might be Munich or something like that. They've got cardboard cutouts of all the season ticket holders in the in the stands. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the best way of doing it then. Did you, did you see this, this story from South Korea? Where no, F- <laughs> this is amazing. So FC Seoul, uh, so they've just yeah. restarted their season, and it wasn't as if they're not picking up a season that had finished or something. They're they're only sort of two or three games in now, having just started a- again, and obviously right. they're, they're doing it without fans as well. And uh, there was an FC Seoul match. Uh, we did the story at work, so just over a week ago, I think it was, and. Fans apparently who were watching the game online or on TV had started to notice something very peculiar about the models that had been placed around the ground to represent the fans. And uh, I think the idea was that they were just sort of mannequins that you would see in a you know a fashion store or something like that. But it turns out, Josh, that yeah. they were in fact sex dolls. <laughs> 
and oh, of there, were people, there were people uh, sort of, uh, messaging the FC Soul Instagram account basically like what's going on here you're making a mockery of our club <laughs> and the, the defence the defence from FC Soul is amazing because they basically pin it all on the supplier and they say look the supplier told us that these were, you know, bog standard mannequins. I, I don't have the statement in front of me, but I want to say they sort of sought specific reassurance that they were not sex dolls, <laughs> <laughs> and were promised were promised that they weren't. But then, obviously, it turns out that they were. And to be honest with you, the the club can't put it all on the on the supplier because presumably the supplier didn't bring the the dolls to the stadium and then put them on the seats themselves. And the first time the club saw what they were was when the match had started. I presume the, oh, no. the club would have taken the delivery and then re- arranged them themselves. So it seemed it seems impossible to me that nobody who works for FC Seoul at no point thought to themselves while they were doing this. These don't. These look very questionable. <laughs> Chairman walks out five minutes into the game like, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. They're oh all dressed dear. up, obviously, in FC Soul shirts and stuff. Of course, <laughs> stuff, yeah. Stuff like that. So, What uh, do they have in the boxes? Waifu pillows or something? <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, obviously you weren't aware, so I highly recommend you look up. Yeah. Did you just Google? You... It's not perhaps the safest thing in the world to Google in normal circumstances, but I think given how Google works these days, you should be directed to the right places if you were to just Google... FC Soul Sex Dolls <laughs> you should find this story and it's very funny uh, it's yeah um, I, I I would I would not be averse purely for the entertainment value if, if that was kind of that became the standard you know like Crash Dummies <laughs> testing roller coasters and stuff like that that would be good uh, have you seen have you watched any of the Bundesliga or anything like that? Well, I had intended to because I have a good friend of mine who is a Schalke fan and I thought, oh, I'll, um, I'll adopt Schalke as my team. And so I, I started when the game the games first came back, Schalke were playing Dortmund, who, for people who don't know, are one of the high-flying teams in the league. Yeah. And uh, Schalke got absolutely spanked 4-0. <laughs> and I thought, you know... I could, I'm, you know, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm already an Arsenal fan. If I'm going to pick another club to watch, I, I want maybe a somewhat different experience. And it, it was basically the same. Who's marking him? Why are the defence so high? Why do we keep missing so many chances? I mean, if we'd been it's, playing uh, in red, yeah. I would have believed I was just watching Arsenal. <laughs> it's a it's a bizarre experience. It's like a weird cross between Sunday League and Masters football. <laughs> have you adopted a like team? Nothing- uh, I did. I did one of them. Quick, you know, one of them. Um, Venn, not Venn diagrams. Um, flow charts of which team. Oh, right. You should pick. Yes, yes. I can't remember what team I picked now, but um, <laughs> technically, I guess I should watch. I should support Hertha Berlin because uh, that was the first German team that I watched, and they beat Bayern Munich. So, oh, nice. I guess I'm technically a Hertha Berlin fan. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's as good a reason as any to support Hertha Berlin, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm it's got a, a really cool stadium. Yes, I've been to a football match in Germany to watch uh, Dusseldorf, I think it was. Was it Dusseldorf? Or no, Hanover? Hanover. Yeah, it was Hanover versus Hanover. Schalke. Uh, I was staying in Dusseldorf with aforementioned Schalke supporting friend and a couple of others. And uh, we drove up on the autobahn at ridiculous speeds. <laughs> um, 
to get to Hanover. Perfectly legal fit speeds. Very legal speeds, but I'll be honest with you, still dangerous. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we went to watch Schalke at Hanover, and it was a great way to watch football. The stadiums are really great, and the fans are super fun. And yeah, it's just uh, a great atmosphere. I, if you're ever in Germany, uh, perhaps for a Europa Park trip, even if you don't normally love football, maybe I would recommend going to a Bundesliga match. It's a good time. And it was a boring game. The yeah. game itself was boring, but it was... They've got that like um, assigned standing seating as well over there in some stadiums, right? Which is yes. quite cool. Yes, they do, which is which is cool. I, I, there has been a lot of talk about that being introduced in England, but there's obviously a lot of uh, you know bad history when it comes to uh, standing areas at English football grounds. So I think, yeah. yeah, it's still a, a touchy subject, but... Um, there was a, there was one other thing I was going to say, and it's kind of uh, slipped my mind now. I think it was about Germany, but I guess we'll just move on because I can't remember what I was going to say and just dive straight into the news. Last week it was all about Universal's reopening plans, and this week it's Disney World. Oh uh, yeah, you've got a lot of news in front of you, as my understanding of this situation, Josh. So uh, yeah, perhaps you'd like to guide us through uh, the main headlines and all the fine details of uh, Walt Disney World's proposal to reopen uh, in sure July. Thing. July 11th, Magic Kingdom and the Animal Kingdom will reopen its doors. Exciting times. Public. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, a few days later, Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, aka MGM, uh, will open on July 15th, uh, which is my mum's birthday. Oh, that's nice. And Epcot is her favourite park, so... Oh, that's uh, it was meant to be. Are you are you surprised that we've talked a few times on here about Epcot and maybe they will take the opportunity to maybe not reopen Epcot or not put so much pressure on reopening Epcot because it's such a um, well a big site at the moment and also the issue that they've got with staffing the World Showcase and you know the people who work there are meant to come from all over the world and. They, as far as I'm aware, sent all of those people home when this started. So it seems like it's going to be a challenge to make Epcot seem like a worthwhile place to go. But I don't know, really. What, what do you think? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with the World Showcase. Um, because, obviously, it's, as you said, it's meant to be staffed by people from around the world. I don't know if they're going to be able to get those people back in or if some of them were still around or if they're going to... It's just, lo- it's just in... locals doing accents, I hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, bonjour, mes amis. Uh... <laughs> All right, go. How's it going? <laughs> Ole, buku, shale. <laughs> I'm not going to do any others because then it gets real racist. Oh, I think it already has. Yeah, well, the French are fair game, right? That's, they uh, they uh, hate us, we hate I'm, them. I'm pretty sure that's written into British law. Yeah, the French are yeah. fair game. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, but obviously uh, World Showcase well known for where people go to eat a lot of food and drink a lot of drink. That's very true. So um, I would imagine that Disney is camp- banking on that, bringing in you know a fair bit of cash. Yes, yes. Uh or should I say, contactless payments? Ah, yes, yes, you know, you're right. There, there, I don't think will be any cash payments, or they will be uh, at least highly discouraged. 
yes, highly discouraged. Um, you'll be able to. There's a lot more mobile ordering, pickup places, um, just gift cards uh, are con- are contactless. Um, you can pay with your um, band, obviously. Uh, you can pay with your phone, with your contactless credit card, debit cards. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff is going to be very much on hand. Yeah, which is good to see. Uh, it seems like they're putting a big emphasis on uh, three kind of key protocols for their health and safety section, which is education, communication, and engagement. Um, education is like, there's a lot of stuff on their website about how it's going to work and things to follow, guidelines to follow, that sort of thing. Are they guidelines or are they rules? Um, well, as long as you only do a minor breach, it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. Um, there's going to be, you know, big signs up and things on the floor to read and that sort of thing, uh, which is their communication branch. Uh, and then obviously the engagement bar- branch is still going to be uh, cast members out there trying to help you, trying to guide you, uh, make sure you follow the rules, and that sort of thing. And I, I guess Disney Springs might be might provide some hint as to how they're going to operate because I think as of last week when we talked about Disney Springs having reopened, it was mainly third party uh, outlets and businesses, you know, restaurants and such places that aren't actually run by Disney; they're just tenants of Disney. Yeah. But this week, some of the actual Disney sites have opened, such as World of Disney, the massive store. And there were pictures and videos on Twitter this week of queues outside the World of Disney shop. Uh, and apparently the waits were in excess of three or four hours, which Jeez. just seems mad. Like, that is not... <laughs> that is the very direct opposite of essential shopping. What, like, <laughs> regardless of your thoughts of whether it even should have rushed to reopen, why, from from a consumer's point of view what is what what is in there that you are so desperate to to buy that you would queue for that long that's i mean it just seems mad i mean i don't want to go off too much of a tangent but i get the impression that for most people they're just really bored of the lockdown wherever they happen to live i mean some places you could argue haven't even had a lockdown really they've just not been able to go to certain places because they've closed and it just feels like people are getting bored because you know hundreds of yeah or thousands of people are still being diagnosed with the coronavirus every day and dying every day you would think there would still need to be a bit more time to feel comfortable going back outside but it feels like some people are just queuing up for these things as a sort of sign of defiance like oh i'm not scared of the virus it's like it's it would be the equivalent of some bloke wandering around during the great plague or the black death with like rats in his pocket going nothing's gonna stop me from living my life it's it's just kind of bizarre Uh, yeah i think the important i don't know the the thing that i've really noticed is that people uh, adults you know children i can understand because they're children but adults uh just can't seem to hack boredom um (laughs) yeah you know they can't find ways to fill their time uh, which is a real concern. You know, there's, there's a lot of books out there. You can buy a Kindle, you can buy it, or you can just download the Kindle app on your phone and read books that way. All right, um, there's a lot of TV salesman. out there. I didn't realise this podcast was in the pocket of Jeff Bezos. Oh, no. Well, uh, it's not. Let's, let's be clear here. Yeah, for a start, this podcast pays its taxes. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're um, sticking it to the man on the podcast. <laughs> no, but it's you know you might not be able to go get out, go to a bookshop or something like that. You know, and Amazon uh, buying a Kindle or just downloading the app and buying books through the Kindle app is a easy way to get books, get hold of books, which are you know a good way of killing time. Uh, fun interesting even i like a lot of even stuff. i like bookshops and i don't really read but there's just something about bookshops that i like uh yeah well, i love bookshops when you know when we were younger during our florida trips uh we always enjoyed a good trip to barnes and noble which was a, an excellent bookshop but you go in there now and it's kind of tragic because it's basically a pop vinyl shop with some books <laughs> yeah and they've got cuz they've got their own is it the nook Yes, they do, which uh, I think if you went up to most people in the street in 2020 and said, what's a nook? They'd be like, oh, you mean that raccoon that I'm paying all my mortgage back to over the course of several months or years? Yeah, that guy. I hate him. They would not say the e-reader from Barnes & Noble. No, Uh, which, yeah, kind of sums it up. Speaking of which, Josh, um, I've started putting down some actual pathways in my Animal Crossing, on my Animal Crossing island. I have unlocked the ability to landscape and uh congratulations yes it's exciting stuff so the villagers where possible unless they obviously want to go and sit under a tree or something they will actually i thought this was a cool touch they will actually follow the paths you put down when they're walking around makes it feel like a bit more of a a community i guess like an actual place oh uh, i just remembered the thing Ooh. i was going to talk i was going to mention before we moved on to disney world <laughs> Uh, going off on an Animal Crossing tangent reminds me of the other tangent, which wasn't a total tangent. If I remembered it at the time, it would have been a natural progression from adopting a Bundesliga team because I have on several occasions during recent trips to Florida almost bought an Orlando uh, soccer uh, top. I, 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 I what forget. are they called? What are they actually called, the team? Orlando something. Is it just Orlando yes, City Orlando FC or something, something like that? But they have. It could well be. I'm they play sure. quite a nice purple kit. I think it's Adidas, and uh, a few, I don't know if he's still there. But a few Orlando City Soccer Club. Ah, okay. Although yes, uh, a few years ago they had nicknamed the Lions. They, they, yes, it is a lion on their badge. A few years ago they had Kaka, the uh, Brazilian superstar, who was a oh, you mean the guy famous for playing uh, five aside in London? Yes, that guy. Yes. He went viral a few weeks ago, or was it a few weeks ago? I don't know. Oh, who it, knows now? Was it this year? I'm pretty sure it was this year. I don't think it was that long ago. <laughs> it just feels like it was. Pretty sure. But um, yes, there, there you have it. I've, I've very nearly bought an Orlando City top a few times with Kaka on the back, but never have. Uh, what well, can I say? I'm clearly a one-club man at heart. But uh, anyway, yes, um, yes uh, you, you were talking about... Uh, Sort of some of the safety measures that Disney are planning uh, at the parks. Yeah. Uh, so they've got uh, physical distancing. Um, the hours have been shortened every day. Uh, there are no extra magic hours. They have been cancelled. Oh. Um, purely so that they can do um, you know more thorough clean every night of everything. Yeah. Um, other things that have been cancelled. Uh, all dining reservations up until September 2021. September 2021? Yes. What? That's yeah. crazy. Um, 
I guess that's when they've booked through to uh, on because obviously in the UK you can book quite far in advance on any dining reservations and that sort of thing. That's because obviously it's quite an expensive holiday, so you can do it. You can pay in instalments and that sort of thing. Yeah. For UK residents, uh, so yeah, so that's all cancelled because um, obviously they can't fulfil them because they don't know what the capacity is going to be on on that given day. Right. Um, and because of how the park reservations are so reduced you won't necessarily um, be able to get into the park either. Um, you have to obviously reserve a uh, space in the park for that day. Uh, that is an important thing I've kind of glanced over. Oh, but yeah, you... Universal are just letting you turn up. Uh, yeah, but so they they have factored in, so anyone in the hotels automatically get a spot in the parks at Universal. Right. Uh, so that's factored into their... their uh, reservation numbers every day um disney is re- requesting that you um reserve beforehand i'm surprised universal are opening their hotels i i would have thought that they would uh, i think the hotels have been open anyway oh really I, i'd have thought you the, know well so the, the hotels aren't run by universal none of them are Huh. I, I'd have thought in the early, uh, as far as I'm in aware. the early weeks of this, well, you'd better be right, or John will be on your case. Well, I know a lot of them are run by uh, Lowe's, which I think it's Lowe's. Lowe's might is be a DIY store, well. isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember who. <laughs> who God, but um, I'd, look it up. I'd have thought in the early weeks for both Universal and Disney, it's all going to be about just letting you know the the core audience is going to be locals. It's a good way of getting back up to speed and you know there's not a lot of international travel going on right now certainly not for holidays so i don't think they would be expecting many foreign visitors anyway so and with the hotels as it well is Lowe's. you know if if everyone is on in a hotel if everyone's just allowed to come into the theme park spend a day at the theme park and then leave uh, disney or universal whoever will know you know where it will know everywhere where these people who've been there could possibly have gone so yes. whereas if they go to a hotel, that becomes far more difficult to to be certain of, you know, okay, well they could have left the hotel and gone out for dinner somewhere else or, you know, XYZ. Uh so there's a there's a still that's so at Universal you get a wristband for the day. I think we mentioned that last week. Right. Uh, and if you have been checked and been given a wristband for that day, you will not be checked again for that day. But you will be I guess that you makes sense. will be checked the next day, even if you are in a hotel. Right. Um, just to clarify the hotels, uh, the hotels that already definitely like have existed for a little bit, you have the Hard Rock Hotel, which is run by Hard Rock, uh, and you've got Lowe's Portofino Bay, Lowe's Royal Pacific, and Lowe's Sapphire Falls, which are run by a company called Lowe's, which is spelled differently to the hardware store. <laughs> um, and then you've got the newer ones, which are all run by Universal, as far as I'm aware, which is Endless Summer Resort, uh, the Adventure Hotel and Cabana Beach, Cabana Bay Beach. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, on, on Disney, I think some of the other things you mentioned, like dining and 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 that not being on the cards. Uh, also, no fireworks yeah. and no parades no because fireworks, obviously they no encourage parades. people to congregate in big groups. And uh, no fast passes. No fast passes, which I'm, you know, uni- <laughs> the complete opposite approach to Universal. Universal are expanding their fast pass equivalent to cover more rides, and Disney are uh, scrapping the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's not necessarily true because uh, well, Universal's fast pass is called the Express well, yeah, Pass. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but I mean, when compared to Disney, I mean, the virtual line system at Universal is 
not dissimilar to how fast passes work. That's the True. that's the parallel yes. I was drawing. I, not the express sure. pass, which is obviously you buy, you pay money to yes. skip lines essentially. But the virtual line thing, uh, Universal, yeah. is closer to how fast passes work in that you yeah, get, you, yeah. you pick a, not wrong, a time actually. slot and then you go back to that ride during that time slot and in an ideal situation you you get on the ride quicker by turning up at your designated time slot uh, yes. so on uh, regarding that comparison they are going in different directions which is interesting i guess it's um, yeah um, I mean, you, and the you, express pass for universal is coming back the week after it opens you're not a fast pass fan anyway right you're no i think it's the worst so you you probably think the experience of being at disney improves with no fast passes oh 100% 100% um if so on a regular day um at disney if you have a regular capacity um like none of this actually happened uh you would get more people onto that ride if you remove fast pass, and the queues would be shorter if you remove fast pass. Because mm. fast pass accounts for seventy five percent of the capacity, um, which is why so a four hour queue would become a one hour queue for standby. Right. Right. Just for context. Yeah. Um. Most most depressingly for the kids, no character meet and greets um, initially. No, anyway. no character dining. Dining. No. Uh, what can you say? Um, you... And and also for the kids, two year olds and up have to wear face masks. Yes. Which I, I mean, I good luck trying to get a two year old to wear a face mask in Florida weather. But well, all they have to do, I think, is uh, you know design them, make them look cool, like. Um, you know, Marvel superhero face masks, that kind of thing. You'd be like, hey, look, you're Spider-Man now or you're whoever. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe just give them like a full face mask. You know, just give them a, a Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. full face, full head. Well, done. Universal, don't they? At the at Islands of Adventure, especially in the Marvel land, they have face painting, don't they? They could, they could do you like a combo deal where... They they do your face paint and then you you get a face mask that kind of matches. So the the bottom half of your face is the face mask, yeah. and then the face paint uh, on the top half of your face will will merge nicely with the face mask and create a consistent. Uh, it's true. Look. Could be could be onto something there, Josh. I just personally, I think you know this weird dystopian hellscape that we now call Earth. I think they should just make everyone wear Jason masks. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I mean, why not? The world is scary enough. What's <laughs> a bit more uh, terror? Uh, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, everyone over two as well will, will have to go through these temperature checks. Uh, it's not clear where they will be because it only says some locations. One would have to assume the entrance to the theme parks. And maybe not the hotels, which will be opening, uh, I think, a little later. I'm not quite clear on the Disney hotel situation because there is some reference to Disney Vacation Club sites reopening yeah. later in, so, or sorry, later in June. So in advance of the theme parks. Um, yeah, so DVC not- is obviously slightly different because it's like this timeshare situation. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're taking any hotel. Reservations at the moment, though. 
Uh, I think. Uh, any, new, any new like, ones? Because a lot of them are already booked. Yeah, yeah. all of them are. Chapek was obviously on. Obviously, the capacity is lower. Chapek was on uh, Bloomberg earlier in the week, and he said they've got like a backlog of like he said millions of Walt Disney World reservations. Uh, that's a lot of reservations. Um, yeah. He, he also actually talked about uh, Universal and the comparison. Because of course, Universal is reopening a whole month ahead of them, and you know he said what you'd expect him to say, which is we're a, and it's true we're a much bigger operation. We've got more parks, more staff, more sites, etc. Uh, and also, you know, it just gives Disney. I mean, I don't think he said this, but they must also be thinking, well, you know, we can look at what they do and how it works for them, what they do well, what they don't, what challenges they face, and then that can ensure that we have a far more informed way of reopening our own parks in July. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, a benefit. DVC's opening June 22nd at Disney World. Oh, that's, that's pretty soon here. That's like three yeah. weeks. Um, and then there's some in at Vero Beach and Hilton Head, which are obviously... Uh, so Vero Beach is in Florida, but in a separate location. And Hilton Head in South Carolina is in South Carolina. Uh, they're opening on June 15th, but obviously they're, not, they're separate to Disney World. Right. Uh, they've um, also said that so, the, any not so scary Mickey not, Mickey's not so scary Halloween for this year. Any reservations that you might have already had for that? Um, at the moment, the plan is for those to be honoured. They are not being cancelled. So, I mean, clearly uh, Disney, if they're reopening in July, they will be assuming and working on the assumption that they are open from that point onwards. And from July, it will just be about gradually getting back up to uh, something approaching normality, rather than with all these capacity restrictions and whatever else they have and so yeah it seems fairly obvious that the halloween stuff would go ahead i think for universal though it might be a slightly different story i don't think they've said anything yet about their halloween horror nights but you know forgive me if i'm wrong on this or you know i'm showing my ignorance because i've never done the halloween horror nights only really watched um you know videos but it would seem to me yeah. like they really do. I mean, the capacity limitation they'd have to place on those would be even more severe because obviously the whole point of those is, you know, groups being funneled through these sort of tight corridors uh, in the dark. Yeah. Uh, in in you know relatively large groups with not much space, social distancing is basically completely off the cards in those situations. So I guess what you'd have to do there is for it to be fully safe. If if social distancing is still something we really need to stick to come September October, people are going to have to just. I don't know, I guess sort of one party at a time, but that will make it a very inefficient uh, way of operating. They'll yeah. get way less um, guests through in an evening. I don't know, necessarily know about uh, Halloween Horror Nights, but I know uh, at Fright Night when I've done it, uh, if you're in a group smaller than eight, you had to group up with other groups and you all had to, you're in a single file with hands on the, your hands on the shoulders of the person in front of you. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that so is... that's just not going to work. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Uh, but um, interesting anyway, I guess. Uh, what, what are kind of your uh, yeah. overriding thoughts on Disney reopening? If you were a local, based on what they've said, would you be chomping at the bit to go back in July? Uh, I think July is a better time frame than June, personally. Um, but, I, you know, August is a better time frame than July. I, I guess you could say. Um, would I be jumping at the bit? <laughs> no, probably not. Um, I'm, I'm probably more 
up for going, which is kind of hard to say. Uh, what you know, because I haven't because I haven't been in a couple of years or a year, whereas people over there can go whenever they want. Um, so I think they're more likely to not want to go back straight away. But then there are they are probably going to be annual pass holders, so they're you know the die hard. So they'll probably go. Sod it, you know. Universal is going to be busy day one, I'd imagine as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah, it's hard to say. I wouldn't go if it was opening in June. I probably wouldn't go. Uh, July, uh, you know, that's a month away. You have to you know, play it by ear. But I think July is a better window, at least. Well, if from where I'm sitting if right now, Thought Park opens in July. Would you go? Um, well, so if Thought Park was going to open in June, I wouldn't go. No. If it was to open in July, like, so if it was going to open the weekend, Universal's opening the, on the 5th, there's no way I'd go to Thought Park. Uh, if it opens on the, you know, 15th of July, would I go? Maybe. It depends on what the situation is in July. Yeah. I think. Um, obviously the park it's a very different kind of park because I don't trust any of the staff at Thought Park because they're all 16 year olds well if there's any uh, Thought Park employees listening that would like to refute these accusations of uh, careless ride attendance then uh, uh, I'll send you Josh's address anyway (laughs) uh, I don't want any hate mail I'm putting this all on you Um, send it to the uh Send it to uh, with the subject line "Josh sucks" to <laughs> podcast at parkrush.com. Yes, all caps. Uh, sucks spelt with an X, so we know you're real mad yeah. about the situation. Uh, yeah. Speaking of other theme parks that are a little closer to home, such as Disneyland Paris, uh, Chapek has said Maybe. that yeah, any other reopenings, so this includes Disneyland, will be uh, obviously down to the relevant authorities uh more so than disney really they they will presumably based on florida and uh, uh you know they will be keen to reopen as soon as they can in every location um but you know france yeah it's difficult to know with france because france in some ways seem to be among the kind of strictest when it comes to reopening things like they you know sport for example they've been very strict on sport not coming back uh, such as top flight football. I mean, uh, League Herb was one of the few top European leagues to quite early on say, all right, yeah, we're scrapping the season. Um, yeah. Whereas others have obviously waited and now are getting back to normal. So, would you know, Disneyland Paris seems like it might be among the last to, to reopen as far as Disney sites go, I think. You know, Japan. I think you're probably right. Yeah, you know, it looked. You know, Japan have had a few. There've been a few weeks here and there with Japan where it looked like, oh, is this thing getting a little out of control? But it, you know, again, forgive my ignorance on this, but you you don't you don't hear too many scare stories coming out of Japan at the moment. You know, I think partly because there are just uh, such bigger uh, epicenters at this point, but. Uh, you know, you could envisage perhaps Tokyo, Disneyland, and I think certainly Universal in Osaka perhaps being able to reopen maybe during the summer. Obviously, Universal have got the Nintendo project, which 
was very obviously meant to be timed to a massive influx of tourists for the Olympics, and obviously the Olympics now aren't happening. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that affects yeah. the timescale on that at all. But Paris, as I say, I think might be among the last, I think, you know, because France have been one of the worst hit, uh, along with sort of Spain, Italy, uh, and the UK. So, uh, yeah, they might be a little more skittish. But uh, we'll have is, to wait uh, and see. Hong Kong open? Has Hong Kong opened? I don't think it has, actually, which is... Um, I mean, Hong Kong, uh, forget the virus at the moment. They've got uh, other possibly even more profound problems uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, given the the whole uh, the, the new security law that that China are trying to force on them so yes I don't know actually about Hong Kong Disneyland at the moment but uh, as I say I can't imagine it's that high on the people of Hong Kong's priority list to uh, to reopen that park um, so I've, it's quite hard to find stuff on it but uh, from the 20th of uh, May China Daily dot com dot cn uh, said that the representatives of Hong Kong Disneyland are you know monitoring the pandemic the epidemic well you would hope and we'll so decide, and we'll decide upon when to reopen but they're, they're looking at when to reopen so it might be quite soon right yeah uh, but yeah I think France will be the last one to open out of the Disney parks it makes the most sense they're the tightest in, of lockdowns um, yeah California will be the next one to open I would have thought Yes, I believe uh, LA County are kind of moving towards their next stage of easing things. I believe like more businesses have been allowed to reopen uh, this week. So yeah, they're sort of getting there. But I I think that they have obviously been uh, among the stricter lockdowns uh, in terms of the US. So they'll come back online a little later than florida but uh yeah i think you're right i think they'll probably be next um yeah so yeah uh, um, the only other thing uh from chapek that uh, i did note down from his bloomberg interview uh, which is not not to do with theme parks necessarily but he's bullish on mulan uh being released in july and doing just fine um that's good that will be one of the first big movies uh, big new movies to come out um, once cinemas are back, so yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that's going to make back. It's going to make profit just in China, right? So, yes, you would think so. Uh, I mean, given all the uh, anti-China rhetoric being spewed from the uh, top of the US at the moment, and how that, how everything that he says, unfortunately, seems to filter down for a lot of folks. I wonder if there's going to be this weird. It's sort of backlash against Mulan as a release. I don't know. It's uh, it's messed up. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the only other bit of news I, I wanted to sort of briefly talk about because I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, I try not to bring up things that are uninteresting. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this because it's interesting, Josh. I don't know if that's all right with you. <laughs> it's good to know. Thanks, Dom. That's okay. Um, so uh, ILM, the uh, sort of special effects studio that have been dipping their toes in the water on VR, I don't know if... I don't know Industrial if Light people, and Magic. Yes. They uh, put out their first VR game last year for the Oculus Quest, uh, Vader Immortal. It was this little episodic Star Wars game. 
and uh, they are working on a new Star Wars game, which is going to be set on Batuu. It is a official, officially licensed, uh, being done in conjunction with the with Disney, a, a sort of Galaxy's Edge companion game, which I think again will be episodic. Uh, so it's ILM working with Oculus Studios on that, presumably for the same platforms as Vader Immortal, which I think has since come to other platforms. I think it's even on the PlayStation VR now. Um, oh, nice. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote here from uh, Scott Trowbridge, who uh, sort of led the way on Galaxy's Edge at Disney, and he says, uh, The rich storytelling in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has redefined what a Disney park experience can be, and we are thrilled fans will have an opportunity to discover new stories, meet new characters, and explore new regions of the planet Batuu in Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Do you think this project has been long in the making, or was it a, a, a panic a panic project just in case no one can, no one could have gone back to Galaxy's Edge all year, and they thought, "God damn it, <laughs> we need the people to." Uh, yeah, maybe. It's, uh, uh, depends. It, yeah, I guess it depends when it's coming out. But I mean, much like the land itself uh, and everything that happens in the land, contextually, it is set between the Last Jedi and that fan fiction uh, from last year. And <laughs> I, yeah, I mean. To be honest, they've kind of already broke that because I don't know if you noticed, Josh, but Kylo Ren is wearing a helmet in the Galaxy's Edge stuff. And we all know he doesn't have a helmet at the end of The Last Jedi and he only remakes it in the fan fiction. He doesn't, he hasn't remade it in between the movies, so... It's such a bad helmet as well. It is a bad helmet. It looks goofy. In and Why couldn't he have just got someone to make an actual helmet? Well, just spray paint a stormtrooper helmet. Just get one of the black Tie Fighter helmets. Why would you? Why would you put your best actor by a country mile in the trilogy? Why would you be so desperate to put a mask back on his face? I would. I would have to uh, imagine yeah. part of the motivation from Ryan Johnson's perspective for him to destroy the mask was that so we could see his face more. But uh, yeah, I guess give him give him something to do. Kylo, I guess you don't have to pay for Adam Driver's image rights uh, for action figures and video games and theme park rides if you use a helmet. I wonder if mm, is that too cynical? Yeah, <laughs> mm, I I think you're absolutely spot on there, Tom. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, so yes, they're promising uh, sort of uh, various types of gameplay, and um, it's you know it's it's very vague. There's lots of uh, you know PR platitudes and whatnot. Uh, no trailers or anything. No, no screenshots, but um, just some sort of production artwork. But uh, yeah, I mean, whether or not every mission will take place in a recreation of some part of the Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Land, I don't know, but uh, they've obviously got part plenty of, set, of uh, points of reference. Part of it's on Terra Terra. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Uh, that would be fun. I, I haven't yet actually uh, resorted to the Disneyland Adventures game to uh, experience a Disney park from my bedroom. I, I don't know about you. We'll, we'll we'll get to it, I guess, as part of our theme park series uh, game series. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I've uh, I've watched some stuff on YouTube. You know, like uh, there's some channels that go over the history of the parks and history of certain rides. Uh, I've been watching some of that stuff. Uh, Disney have been putting out, like the Dapper Dans have been putting out, um, and the Voices of Liberty, I think they're called, have been putting out songs every week, mm. uh, which is quite fun. Um, so I've been watching that stuff, which has been 
keeping me going. Yes. Yes, well, that's good to hear. That's all you can do at the moment, Josh, is uh, keep on going. Um, yes, the mariachi band from Mexico also put out songs from Coco, which I really appreciated. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's been some good yeah. acapella stuff, actually, from uh, uh, on the Disney Parks YouTube channels and, and things. Mm. Uh, so that's been fun to see. Uh, but who knows? We, we things might be back to normal quicker than quicker than ever. I think, but you know, based on the way our government's going, they, they seem very desperate to reopen things. I, I think to the point where give it another few weeks, and police will be coming round to your house and dragging you out the door, saying "Go to the park" or you know <laughs> stuff like that. So. Well, I've got the team back on the uh, roller coaster outside, so oh yes, of full course. steam ahead on that. Yes, uh, the roller coaster in your back garden is um, yeah back on track. <laughs> Oh, right. Uh, well, that'll do it. Uh, I've got some Clone Wars to watch. I don't know about you, Josh. So, uh, same. It's time to end the podcast. Um, you can email us podcast at parkrush.com. You can tweet us and Instagram us. Is that a thing? I don't know. At Parkrush Podcast. Sure. And you can find us at parkrush.com. Every episode is there. Uh, and we're also, of course, on every good podcasting app. We're not on the bad ones. We specifically said we don't want to be on any bad <laughs> podcasting apps. We are only on. The good ones. Uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, until next week, which I just realised, Josh, next week's episode will be <gasps> on your birthday. Oh my god! How, it will. How exciting is that? Brilliant. Exciting stuff. Well, uh, until then, uh, take it easy, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.